Can't believe my grandma's gone. She's been gone so long. I still get sad sometimes. I cry a lot when I think about old times. Wish I were still a child sometimes. All my older relatives are gone. It makes me sad and I cry. Hey, Lou, that's beautiful. What are you singing? Oh, sorry you heard that. That's not for public consumption. That's my therapy song. What's that? Well, some artists for sharing and some isn't. That song just helps me calm down and express things out loud. I know that it would sound foolish to other people. Well, I think it's very beautiful. Thank you, but I honestly don't care. In fact, I'm sort of sorry you heard it. Oh, I'm sorry. Why is that? Because when it's just me singing in private, it's the most perfect thing in the world. It makes me feel sad and happy at the same time. It's like taking a bath. It feels wonderful, but if people are watching you, you get self-conscious and it's ruined. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. No, 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 thank goodness you liked it. If I'd been ridiculed for it, I would have lost something very special to me. Because that's the one thing in the world I don't do wrong. At work, I get criticized. On the show, I get criticized. And that's fine, I accept that. But I need a space where I can cry out to the universe in a language that only I understand. Yeah, as long as it never leaves you, it's the greatest song there is. Exactly. Not everything has to be evaluated. Sorry to eavesdrop, but I had an aunt that would critique cookies you'd give her. I'd take cookies I'd made when I was a kid over to her house, and she'd tell me they were too dry or something. I'd say, it's the thought that counts, evil Aunt Jenny. Yeah, something like that. I like the cookies. I should have just eaten them myself. Anyway, I hope you guys have a special secret song, a pure song of the heart. Butchie, throw the rope! What rope? Throw the rope! I don't have a rope. You were supposed to bring the rope. I wasn't supposed to bring any rope. You didn't say that. I did. I said bring the rope. What are we going to do? We're mid-escape. I don't know. I don't have any rope. Oh, can we make rope? Make rope? We're on top of a prison. Uh... Hey, what are you guys arguing about? Oh, we don't have any rope and we're mid-escape. Yeah, you got any rope? Any rope? No? What are you guys escaping from? Oh, we're rehearsing in case we have to escape from something. Turns out we're ill-prepared. Yeah, there's some uh, confusion about who's responsible for rope. Now, if you're going by the movie, A Man Escaped, he made the rope out of his mattress. And it turns out that you can take almost anything that you own, rip it apart, and make it into a simple machine. And I have done this with, oh my gosh, you can make a computer into a fulcrum which is a very simple machine. So after it stops being a computer, say, I could put some kind of board on this and help me teeter something up waist high. If you have to get something, not crazy heavy, but just a little bit heavy, up kind of waist high, there's nothing better than a large lever or lever or lever or lever. I don't even know which one it is. I'm worried sometimes that I'm going to go to, the, I'm going to be, find myself in the wrong part of the country 
and I'm going to say, I need a tarpaulin or a tarp. I won't know how to get a tarp because it'll be like tarpaulin, and I'll be saying it wrong. And I worry about this with, with pecans as well or pecans because nobody, I feel like nobody knows. And they're, Sir, could you be more specific? I can't. I don't know. I'm going to go away. And I, what I do is I end up bringing the leaves in. I go, the tree looks like this. And when I was living in Tallahassee, a lot of people had pecan trees <clears throat> in their yards. And then, consequently, they had other folks in their yards, too, gathering up the pecan pecans because they, they could. And they go right in there, and there's no fence or anything. Please take my, come on, grab as many of my nuts as you can. They're really going to, if I hit them with the mower, they could fly out like projectiles, like 50 caliber uh, shells or something. I don't want that to happen. Oh, my goodness. I am concerned about the safety of my neighbors, but not their comfort, really. That they can, come on. If I want to be loud, I'm not loud all the time. Not to where it affects your safety. That's my line. Say, how loud am I? Is it going to make anybody's ears bleed? No. Are they going to get enough sleep for tomorrow for work? Hey, man, let's talk about our BS jobs. Do they really need us at our best if we're being exploited? So get, being going in a little sleepy, I feel that's good, especially if you're one of those folks at work who just puts that bar too high. There's so many eager eager smeagers out there. <clears throat> Pardon me, I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat. Why is that? Because my throat is swampy. And the water's not moving around a lot, and it invites frogs and other toads, and I don't have the heart to kick them out. I let them live there. If my body, if I die very slowly, there might be this point where my body becomes of use to other creatures while it's still of use to me. So I might have worms crawling up in my ear or something like that as I'm mid, mid-parish, but I'm not quite there yet. Oh, that'd be nice. Tran- you know, transition to death by having the, some of the bugs get a head start. So oh, we'd like to get in there now. It's like someone buys your house and they go, I know we haven't closed yet, but is it, could, I be in, could I come in there and plant some trees? Sure. Why not? And then, I mean, it's win-win for me because if you, if you get abducted by aliens before closing, I got to keep the trees, I guess. I don't know how that works. Oh, my friend, I'm glad to be with you. I like to, because I have no authority, I pretend I have all the authority in the world. And then you can use that therapeutically. What do you mean, Hardy? I mean, I can give you permission to do things, even though I'm a complete and utter stranger. And uh, permission to do what? Why do I need your permission? Oh, you don't? No, 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 I didn't mean to imply that. I meant in case you need someone to go, go ahead and do Blank. Again, the question was, if you were going to do something and you just needed permission to do it from anywhere, really, what would it be blank? No, that wasn't the question. I already forgot it. Oh, my gosh. I'm glad I'm not here to remind you of things. I'm glad I'm not your... Dic- uh, what do you call it? the person you dictate things that's supposed to remember? Not like, <clears throat> not like secretary, but something like that. Something like that. I'm sorry I'm a little 
again, another animal, a, a, a horse, uh, frogs, horses. My gosh, it sounds like you're just a, a living farm, aren't you? I am. You know, there's things living in you, like tardigrades or something, or living on your skin, aren't they? I don't think there's living on your skin. I think they live in ponds. All right, well, there's other things, little mites and things that live in the crevices of your skin. And those crevices are like great canyons. And it looks like wherever out west where they shoot the Mandalorian. That's what it looks like. Great walls of thing, rock. I don't even know what it is. I'm not from out there. Everything's very green and rolly here. The hills on the east coast are mountains that have been worn down, man. Just like the people. Just worn down over time to the just little rounded nubs. Both the mountains and the folk. They say, I got nothing left. I'm blunt. That's the way I feel. There's a lot of people out here surnamed Blunt because of that. So all mountains, everything, we're not. And then on the West Coast, there's a lot of people with surname Sharp or Pointy, tall and pointy, which is not, that's not a, it's funny how surnames just cut out like they're creative and up to a point. And then last names, I mean, they'll go into professions, you know, oh, a Palmer. Well, that's a beggar. I guess, a palmer. But what's a, um, a cooper? Somebody who makes barrels. Or a joiner. Somebody who makes coffins or something or joints. Or a tailor. Or something like that. But they only go so far. So they don't... It, it's when, when that ended, when, when jobs got more complicated, I guess. You know? Because there'd be a lot of people now named consultant would be a popular last name, something like that. What do you do exactly? Oh, it's hard to explain even. It's gotten to that point. People can't even tell you what they do. Are you not allowed to tell me what you do? No, it's just I do a lot of things. Oh, I know what that's called. All right, Gilligan. But just because there's computers involved. But it's nice to have a, you know, what are you? I'm a baker. Is that your surname or is that your profession? Ah, I'm glad you asked, sir. No, my profession is murderer. That's not a profession. I'm not a murderer either. I'm trying to think of something like that. Something would be scary, though. Um, sh- shooter. People would call themselves Shooter. I bet they, as a last name. My name is Luke Shooter. It sounds like something somebody call themselves. Um, but I don't know. I know that... Uh, yeah, there's a variety of them. Some of them are just, some people's last names are just sounds. I know that too. I love that. That's okay. But I'm surprised, and I know that Chinese is a tonal uh, language, right? And, and there's tonal languages. But I'm really surprised that more people don't sing their names or that there isn't a melody that goes along with your name. Hard, mine would be hardy what No, that's the beginning of the Numa Numa song. You can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get sued every time I say my name. Because I was going to go, um, hardy white. But then I realized that was very suplesh, dar, Numa Numa, yay. Numa Numa, yay. Numa Numa, Numa, yay. Keep portage, ni dragiston ninte. Hi-ya-hee, hi-ya-ho. That's what I always say. And uh, 
gosh, I wish I could sing or speak other languages. If I meet somebody from Romania, I guess I'll just start singing that song. I've done that with 990 Luftballons for Germans. And they say, what are you talking about? I go, well, that's all that. I'm just, I'm giving you all of the language that I know. So all at once. If I see you and I hear you speaking a language, I come up to you and I just, what I won't do is like say names of foods to you that are from your culture. I find that offensive. If I start just naming things like that, I try to say sentences. So it just sounds like maybe I'm engaging in conversation, but there's something wrong with me or I'm a Dadaist. Dadaist? Is that a, can you put ist on anything and be that? I hope so. I call myself things. You know what's really nice? It annoys somebody. If there's a large fandom for some something, insists that you're, you know, you're really famous for liking that thing, and people get really upset, even though everyone likes it. You could say, man, no one likes tacos more than I, and you will have some enemies, even though there's no way to prove that. Because eating a lot of them is not proof either. Because I would say there's nobody who's a better Elvis fan or something than me, I would say. I'm not, I'm not, I like, I think like one of his movies, I think. There's a couple songs. Well, I like all of them. Yeah, but I feel like that's too much. I feel like I'm not just a perfect. I'm the best at it. No, I don't do that to people. But it does, if, if I'm content at something, I notice that can be annoying. Say, boy, I'm feeling good about myself today. Oh, thanks for wrecking my day. That'll happen sometimes. So sometimes I don't let any of that. Like every time I don't tell everybody, every time I look in the mirror and think, hey, Hardy. You're looking good. But I don't go tell everybody that because they'll get mad at me for being uh, for having a little bit of joy at a, you know, when I didn't share. It's like having gum. It's like, do you have enough joy for everybody? No. Then shut up. That's the way I feel sometimes. So if I have, I'm bringing everybody in on the joy, it's different. But if it's just for me, I had a friend that would say things like that. Hey, I got great news. What is it? And then he'd say something that was just specific to his life. And I'd think, that is good news. But what you made it sound like, hey, everybody, good news, like that. Like, here comes Santa Claus, or hey, everybody, guess who's David Bowie is bringing coffee to our office, or something like that. But it wasn't like that. It, uh, so um, that's fine. It's not that I'm not happy for my friends or you. Oh, my goodness. That's what I'm trying to have a more open heart, just not feel uh, jealous or bitter. At all. I find my life now is so chaotic, I, I can't remember what to be jealous or bitter about. Um, I lose track of what good things are happening to people. But I'll stay, fo I'll stay focused long enough. I hope I can stay focused enough to have some, a little bit of resentment or something. You need some. You need a little bit of bitter in your life. I had uh, uh, friends over uh, last night, and we were eating those Japanese salted plums, those sour plums. And if only they were purely sour. But they're not. They're also salty. There's a wrongness to them that's compelling. And so we were eating them, and everybody just kept going, oh, these are, oh, these make me so thirsty and feel weird. I keep eating them. They're good in rice balls and things like that. They are interesting. Ooh, and it's slightly bitter, right? So uh, uh, you need a little bit of that, the complex feelings in your life. And I hope I'm here to make things just a tad more 
complicated. Not the kind of complicated that makes your life worse. The kind of complicated where you, you think, that's too complicated. I'm moving on. So like maybe you have a YouTube video pops up and it's an explanation of a very long math problem. And you go, I'm kind of like layperson interested. But now I'm bored. So I'm not, I'm not going to stay for the whole thing. And uh, that's what I want to be. But without any kind of information. Oh, gosh, that's fraught. I've tried to say things and I think, oh, oh, cut out the specifics. Use, people say, use more specifics, more nouns. I go, no, no. Adjectives. Use more adjectives. But don't tell people what they modify. And that's what I like to do. All they do with the adverbs. I go, what, what did I go, uh, you know, swimmingly, frankly. I'll just say it. And they go, frankly what? And I go, nothing. I'm just saying it. I, I want, it's, that's the word that's doing it for me, right? Smelly. Smelly what? Nothing. Smelly. It can just be floating around there. You attach it to something, and then you've made a, fa- you've almost stated a fact, right? It's a smelly foot. Oh, you're saying the foot is smelly? Nope. So uh, the way I get around that is I don't mention the foot. What else can I help you with? Oh, I know what I could do. I'm going to put on some music, and I'm going to show you how to, uh, I didn't invent the word freestyle, and I'm not going to be really rapping. So it isn't that. It's how to talk over music. So let me, let me just demonstrate that. Let me grab a piece of music. This will do just fine. It's just got to be anything, really. And what you say doesn't have to be poetry. Doesn't have to rhyme. What you say doesn't have to make any sense. It can be just something you've been thinking about. It can be something right before your eyes, like a tiny elephant. Although there is no tiny elephant right before my eyes, there is one right before my thought eyes. In my head, he's running around. He's happy. He almost doesn't look like an elephant. Maybe he's not an elephant. Maybe I'm on drugs and I'm looking at a French bulldog. That might be it. Maybe I'm not really here, or maybe I am. Maybe I'm in prison somewhere and I'm looking at my Instagram account and there's nothing but French Bulldogs. That could be. That sounds familiar. Something that I would do. That's why there's a tiny elephant here with me. But I feel no... Oh, the song's ending. I was going to say, I feel no uh, compulsion or compulsion or compelling compulsion to talk about the elephant. I can talk about whatever I want. And it doesn't have to make any sense either. That's my, I guess that's what my point was. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, and there just has to be m- music under it. Why? It keeps me focused. Because I'm snapping my fingers and I'm like, yeah, come on, thoughts. Here's, and they line up very orderly when I do that, when there's music around. But I'm just talking to you like this. Gosh, it could meander off. Who knows what we're going to end up talking about. Tell me more about yourself. That's where I would be saying this if we were together. Because if this, if we were sitting next to one another on an airplane and I was talking like this, that would be too much. If we were sitting together on an airplane and you were the pilot and I was sitting next to you and I was talking like this and I wasn't the co-pilot, that'd be frightening. Then you'd realize something is desperately wrong. But nothing is wrong right now, my friends. Oh, I just want to be with you and help you maybe think about some things you wouldn't think about if I hadn't come over. 
That's like one of the those fitness people that come to your house and they pull you out of bed and they say, I'm going to make you do this uh, now. You know, I'm going to make you, uh, I don't want to exercise. Nobody wants to exercise. Get out of the bed. Yeah, but I've got two broken legs. Come on, no excuses. That's my name of my fitness program. No excuses. It's called, my fitness program is called, shut up, shut up and move around. I don't want to. Shut up and exert yourself. No, thank you. No, it's not called that at all. It's very gentle. You won't know you're exercising in my exercise program because I'll just call you and go, I need your help. Come over. What's wrong, Hardy? Uh, help me. Come over to my house, but don't bring your car. It's too noisy. Just jog here. And that's, and you'll get to my house and go, is everything okay? Everything's fine. I faked being sick so that you would jog over. And that's how I use it. So I'm using what they call psychology, a little bit of it, but very sparingly, the way I would a spread, a schmear. I mean, you don't want to glob it on, then it's not a schmear. A schmear is something that must be done that, that um, oh, let's say you're doing a, where do they, where the word comes from these plasterers that would, uh, in ancient Italy, and say, I need to do a fresco, and say, all right, so I need some fresh plaster, all right, but just a schmear, they would say like that, and they would make a hand gesture, and uh, then the painter, would, the uh, plaster would say, I understand, like, like Lakshmir. I think, what? What are you even talking about? So it's so funny that, you know, it's out of context. I love the origin of words. I've made some up. I probably made some up just talking to you just now. And you say, well, isn't that, that's, what if they don't understand the meaning of the word? You don't understand the meaning of any words anyway. Nothing I am saying is probably conveying really what I wanted to. And I know that I'm being misunderstood. The, my, the most fun thing to think about is that I'm speaking, right? And from where I am, my perspective, I'm minding my own business. And you might be hearing it. And sometimes people just dislike other people. It's visceral. You know, I don't know what it, and they love to, they actually love to post about it. I don't know what it is about my local weatherman. Or that I don't know what it is about that guy on the radio who does the local news, but his voice just annoys me. I know. Oh, his voice, his voice just grates on me. I can't stand the way he speaks. I I know. He annoys me too. I know. Every time he comes on the radio, I mean, he... so that that's uh, odd to me. And say, like, oh my gosh, I'm not trying to. Like I was just uh, kind of smacking my lips earlier and I had a little frog in my throat and I'm sort of like, oh God, I hate it when he does that. And I know where that comes from because it's so difficult to live with other humans and it's so difficult to not be annoyed sometimes by other human beings. And I guess what my, and I don't think that I deserve not to be, but it always makes me think about being but annoying people I've never met, or something like that, or having them, you know, I hate that guy, being hated even. And you wonder how long, you know, whether that would play out in real life. You say you get arrested in a small town, you go, oh, yeah, I'm Hardy White. Hardy White from the radio, I hate you. <laughs> you go, uh-oh. You know, what did I say? Did I say something to offend you? No, your voice, it grates. But, you know, hate is hate. I guess any way you can get there is is acceptable. Oh, I want to bring you, I want to bring you 
when I feel is my best self. And I get access to that only periodically. So when I do, I, you know, I'll take pictures or something or make recordings. And then I've shared them with you. And then I wait a couple of years and, and reshare them so that they feel original. So that's what I'm going to do right now. I just want to uh, share with you something that I've always really liked. And it's uh, something we, I was thinking about charlatans. And I was thinking about people who do cold readings and uh, who you know, purport to be in touch with spirits or something like that. Is there somebody in the audience who has a meemaw? Does someone lost their mima or grandma here? Is there someone who lost their grandmother or their grandmother died or the mima or mama or murmur? Like, oh, I think you're talking about me. All right, is her name Margaret or Jarlis or You know, and then they do that kind of stuff. Or, or preachers would do that too, you know. I've got a word of knowledge right now. There's somebody here named John or, or William. So I'm, I wanted to uh, address that, but I also wanted to do uh, a sort of production piece where I got to do the, like, uh, walkie-talkie voice. So you'll see. So um, I, I, I wanted to share this with you, especially if you just got here. Say, I'm just, I'm new to the show, Hardy. Welcome so much. And uh, we're, a, we're like a... We're like a family here. We're like a family in the same way that any group of human beings anywhere is like a family, which is not, I don't know, like maybe related distantly. Um, we don't really know one another. We're sure to share some kind of loose identity. So we're very much like a family. And... Um, and so they'll recognize uh, this maybe, but uh, I'm excited to, to share it with you if, you if you just are coming to the show and don't even have your, there's some folks don't even have their coloring book yet. Who here wants a miracle? Can I hear you? Who came here for a miracle? Fantastic. Can you hear me, Butchie? Yes, I can. Good. That's what we say at the Miracle New World meetings. Yes, I can. Are you ready to have your lives changed? All right. All right, look for a fella in a gold shirt with red glasses. He has a good questionnaire. You, sir, in the front with the red glasses. Are you looking for answers? Yes, I am. Well, come on up. His name is Ted. Come on up here, Ted. Don't say it yet. Ted the stage. Come on up, Ted the stage. Good cover. Thanks. What? What? I am now going to take a guess at your passion. He's a writer. Wants to be a writer. You love to write. Yes. You want to be a writer. Oh, my God, yes. He hasn't been published yet, though. You have not yet been published that yet, though. You're right. That can be very frustrating. You don't want to give up on your dream, right? No, I don't. He currently works as a copy editor for a... Well, a state agency. You are currently a real estate agent. Uh, I didn't say real estate. I said state agency. He has a desk job for the state. No, I have a job. I meant that you take up real estate just sitting around working for the state. Am I right? That's for sure. You are masterful, Butchie. But you have your masters. No, I do Yes, I do. Oh, you got there on your own, Butch. That happens sometimes. Indeed. Oh, and a laugh line. He lives in North Jersey. Want to hook him up with North Arlington Writer's Journal? I'm going to give you some advice now, and hopefully you're going to be able to follow through. 
If by crazy chance you were from North Jersey, there is a writer's journal in North Arlington looking for writers to publish. And if you tell them I sent you, thank you, Butchie. It's like your magic or something. Maybe I just have a little fairy whispering in my ear. I'm more like a very large sprite, but go on. You're going to be somebody, my friend. Now call him Ted. Can I take a wild guess at your name to test my powers? Go right ahead. Your name is Todd. It's Ted, Butchie. No, but that's close. Ted? Oh, my God. I see what you did there, Butch. Let them think you dropped the ball and then kick the ball into the hoop as it's dropping. Okay. I did not mean to say that out loud. All right. Is it okay to trick someone into inspiration? Would it be all right if I said something to you and my motivations were wrong, but it had a real positive effect? Hi, I'm Hardy White, and I was just talking to you earlier, but I may not have introduced myself. When you are watching a program or something like that, oftentimes you get something out of it. Say, boy, I just that little, the little frog, the shrimpy thing on Mandalorian. It's not a frog shrimp. I don't know what it is. It's some type of puppet. It's lovable, and I want to, I want to cuddle with it if I was sick. Not sick that way, but like you know how you. Someone brought me a stuffed animal when I was having hernia surgery, and I loved it. So you see something like that, it may move you, and it's not even thinking about you. <sighs> Baby Yoda doesn't know you exist, and yet, oh, it can move your heart right out of the way of that oncoming emotion truck and protect it. And Baby Yoda don't even know it's done it. How about that? So we can be affected by things, and maybe we're being tricked because I think there's a person's hand up in. Baby Yoda has no guts. It has hand bones. And it's connected to another being like that. That would be great. Even if they work that into the... My hand is a separate entity. That isn't a puppet. That's like a thing on the end of my arm. Another, another creature. That's another species. It got on there and won't get off. It, ah. But it's symbiotic relationship. It's not, it's not a parasite. It's not a parasitic hand puppet. A similar thing happened in the new uh, Twin Peaks The Return... Uh, the fella, uh, Fweddy, had a, a glove he couldn't get off, a green, like a gardening glove, a green dishwashing glove. My grandmother would have those long Playtex dishwashing gloves she would put on to wash dishes. I thought that was wonderful. She'd have a dress on, and then she'd put an apron over that, and then she'd put these, these uh, gloves on that looked like you were going to birth a cow or something, and then she... Uh, She'd wash those, she'd wash dishes or something like that. And her hair, I don't know why she felt the need to dress up to do it. I've done it in just a towel with like food on my face and everything. Oh, I better wash these dishes. I do it though because it's sometimes just the bare minimum of keeping the place from being a um, health hazard. It's not aesthetic. I don't do it because I just love everything to be in order. I do and I don't. I just I want it to be in order, but I don't know about putting it in order. Also, life is such, isn't it, that uh, I'm being distracted by other things. And I don't want to be necessarily. I would love to just spend more time with my space. I wish they'd allow humans to do that. They don't tell you how much plans they have for you when you get here. You want to go to Earth? Yeah, that sounds fun. And be a, be a human. Yeah, you're running around, you're kind of free and everything. No, not at all. They've got plans for you before you're born. 
So, boy, you've got, they, you drop and they go, I know who you are. And they go, well, that's news to me because I don't know who I am and I'm nobody yet. And yet, they got a space for you. You're going to probably be doing this. Yeah, I don't know how free that is. I don't, uh, I just slipped in. I'm playing, the, playing another role. It is like that. It's like a soap opera, but it's been going on for like a million years. And you're just another actor. Remember when they used to do that? Somebody go on vacation in a soap opera, you know, playing the role of Dr. Jones is Mark Hamill. And you go, you have to accept that there's a new Dr. Jones suddenly. So, okay, it's just for this week because the real guy's on vacay. But I don't know. You know, there's, there's a, here's a thing that uh, I don't know if a lot of people know. There have been several Hardy Whites. Yes, it's like the Phantom or something. There's been a bunch of Hardy Whites. I'm number, I don't even know what number I am, four and a half, five, something like that. It's like Doctor Who, but it's not supernatural. It's just a series of uh, actors, you know? My, uh, I'm playing Hardy White, but I'm Pete Stapleton. Peter Stapleton. Peter Abers Stapleton from Mount Curry. And so, you know, I'm just, uh, uh, there's no real Hardy White. It's just, it's a character. But let's say that person can help you. Oh, my goodness. I was so helped. Let's say Captain Kangaroo. So, oh, that's really Bob Keisham. Is it? Is it, though? If you had a real Captain Kangaroo, wouldn't it be convenient to hire like a lookalike actor to walk into the studio every day so that people wouldn't freak out that you've got like the, a real C Captain Kangaroo who has no life outside the studio? No, sir. That's crazy. So you got to cover up for it a little bit. They did that with all of the Munsters and everything. Those are real. Everything on TV is real. And uh, so there you go. Just as real as real life, I think. So reality TV is ironic because it's not real. Oh, the heck it isn't. It's absolutely real. Well, that's not the way people really act. Is it? It is, though. It is. Everything seems like, like, who's scripting this? Except it's not, it's not really clear who the producers are, who are manipulating everything, but they are. I guess because they're just manipulating things willy-nilly. You know, people are stirring, stirring all pots. So it's not just your pot they're stirring. But it does feel like, oh my goodness, somebody is profiting off of conflict in general. So gosh, it's not, they're not targeting me, but they're just, uh, everything seems to be slanted towards drama. Because then you can solve it. If you have everything, everything, if your answer to everything is selling you a solution, selling you a widget that does it, then you don't want to, you want to live in a place with lots of problems. Let me give you an example. Have you ever watched one of these commercials that go, you ever try writing with a pen? Oh, this happens. It sticks in your eye. And they, they use the object in an absurd way, so it fumbles out of your hand. Blah, 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 blah. And you say, well, that person's creating a problem. Like, a pen is very easy to use. There's not even a thing there. And they go, well, now there's this, the pen holder. And they give you something. And you go, well, I don't even know if I had that problem. Like, I'm, I'm not saying a chip clip is a bad thing, but I can get the bag to, like, seal up adequately with just a little 
tight rolling like that. Hey, life hack. You don't even need that. So, uh, I, I, you know, and, and also technology. I mean, where I come from, a lot of older guys see something like that and they go, chip tip, huh? And they go make one. That's the thing, is that uh, they go ahead and steal the idea. I don't need to pay you anything. Thanks for the free, the free idea. I would look at them, I can make a better, I can make a pocket fisherman, is what I would think. So sometimes it backfires. But often, you know, things are, you're probably, oh, you, there was a book out it's called You're Okay, I'm Okay, Everything's Okay, Everything's Just Okay. <laughs> no, that wasn't the spirit of it. I'm okay, yeah, you're all right. Because, you know, a lot of people are a menace for how much they beat up on themselves. Some people do think too highly of themselves, but a lot of people are like, come on, man, you're all right. You know, I'm not saying life's all right, but you, that's the thing. It isn't. It isn't, it isn't you, you know. You should be like John Houston in Chinatown. You know, I don't blame myself. Really, don't. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to be without guilt. Listen, there's nothing I can say that's going to make someone into a conscious conscious-less psychopath. You know, most of you are made that way by your parents. There's nothing I can say that's going to make this guy was on the radio encouraging people to be selfish. I can't do that. Y'all came, y'all come that way. No, that's not what I meant. You know, I'm, uh, uh, I say the key to loving others is loving and accepting yourself. That's how I'm getting over my jealousy and bitterness is, uh, I, I, I'm not seeing myself as, uh, your happiness or or success is doesn't uh, do anything to deprive me of mine, and so I'm if I can accept myself more and uh, say you're all right, even though maybe I'm you know demonstrably not. Say prove prove your success. It's just a feeling. <laughs> Can't prove it. I know it does not look like it objectively. I have a external. Um, CV, not CV. What do you what do you call them? Uh, resume. I have an external resume, and I have an internal resume. And my internal resume is just kind of like my own standards, so it has a lot of things on it. I was looking up. A, I want. I don't want to say who it is, uh, but there was a famous guru, a cult leader, really, and. Um, and I was looking at it has a resume online, and it is pages and pages long because it also includes, like, aspirations and life events that had nothing to do with anything. But they're listed there. So one of them was thought about becoming a priest. So even things that you just... And now that's like, I'm thinking, this is actually like my internal resume that I have, where I do have things on it like that that are meaningless to other people. But, you know... Um, found a found a group of friends who uh, respected him. You know, I'm not going to put that on my actual resume, but I remember that happening as a young adult. It's like finding a, a group of kind of really cool people finally and feeling really relieved and everything kind of changing. And I, that's not going to be on my resume, but it's on my internal one. And I go, that's a good thing that happened. And there's other good things that I did that, maybe I didn't expect for myself, that were there. And oh my goodness, it's okay to feel good about them. 
You know, I don't really know how smart or dumb or virtuous or anything I am. I'm all winging it. I'm going by feelings. But I know that sometimes that, that the, uh, the, any kind of self-loathing is not coming from a good place. I know that just socially there's a certain amount of insincere self-deprecation that you must uh, perform to have friends so you don't think, feel you know, arrogant. But there's ways of being self-confident without broadcasting it. So that's what I try to do. And I go, oh, I think I'm pretty special because I have an advantage because I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think I'm special because of anything I've done. <laughs> you know, it's just it's internal stuff. I go, you're all right. You know, why would you love any, yourself less than you love that person there who's very lovable? And how, oh, it pains me like when somebody I love doesn't like themselves or is feeling that kind of, so, oh, it hurts me. So if I can't, you know, if I can't abide that, don't, I'm not going to do it to myself. Because I really would, I might be hurting others. If I, I, I got to accept your love. It doesn't matter who you are, if you're not important or, or famous and say you love Hardy White because I helped you or something like that, well, I'm going to accept that. I'm not going to get puffed up from it, but I'm certainly going to take, I better take care of old Hardy because old Hardy might be able to help my, my, my young friend or my old friend. And so I realized that. And I thought, oh, well, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to you know, I'm going to use that. And we'll both be helped. So there you go. And then I get off my own back. It saves me time. I don't have to go beating myself up all the time. Now, I like to sometimes I'm able to try hard and, and do stuff, and other times I'm not. And sometimes I'm able to hit home runs, and other times I can't hit the ball at all. And none of this, I'm not puffed up by the home runs, and I'm not discouraged by the strikeouts. They're just part of it. I'm a baseball player. They come with the territory. Yes, I try hard. Yes, I want the home runs. Am I discouraged by, by the strikeouts? No. <clears throat> Am I made happy by them? Not particularly. But I am only allow myself to be made unhappy by them enough to either change something I did, write a mistake. But if that strikeout happened because somebody had just previously hit me in the head or I just found out my dog died, I don't feel bad at all actually about it so there you go and uh you should talk over more music what now what get a music get a music well what if i can't what if it's not talk overable then just play a music yeah i'll just talk over it i'll say stuff you'll hear stuff we'll do stuff I'll nod my head. You can go in any room in this house you've made. It's all yours. Furnish it with things that you find on the side of the road. Hang them up on the wall or put them on shelves or make furniture out of them. Sit on them. 
you can bring a tire in there and fill the tire with other things like little marbles. Then you got a marble tire, roll it around, it's a piece of art, sit on it, it's a chair. It can be anything you want, it can be anywhere. You can roll it into the other room, you can paint it orange. You can tell people it is an orange. Go have an orange out of the big orange tire. You can have parties centered around at orange tire parties. I tell you, bring people in. An empty house is no fun. Bring your friends over. Let's have a big group party and make things out of junk. Bring the junk with you. Bring your garbage. Empty a whole bag on the floor. We'll sort it out. We'll take the cans. We'll clean the cans. We'll clean the bottles, the plates, everything else. We'll paste. Paste it together in a sculpture. And the whole house becomes a sculpture. It's made of old cans, old jars, old parts of old guitars, made of wigs, made of jackets, made of things that came in packets, like Pop-Tarts or other things, like go-karts or ping-pong things. I know I just said things twice. That's all right, there's many things. I used to say things a lot in other languages when I couldn't think of the things. I'd say truque, truque in French. It means thing, can't think of the truque. You can't handle the truque if you can't handle the thing. You don't see the disease if you can't feel the thing. You can't feel the temperature of the air if you don't go in there. Get out of there! Oh, my friends, I like to visit as much as I can. I like to spend as much time as I will. I like to go up to the well drink deep, drink deep like Lynch. <laughs> I'll never flinch at, at, at things that scare me, like, like being alive. Oh my gosh, I would like to fix things in the mix. I would like to go back and do it again. I would like to cut things out. I would like to paste it back. Listen, not everything is perfect. Some things break down over time. You can start out a beautiful baby, a beautiful pristine thing. And then as you age and the weather has its way with you and the gravity has its way with you and everything else bombards you like a planet being hit by meteors over time. You look at you, look at you, look at the pockmarked face at the end of it. Look at the wrinkles at the end of it. Look what you've become, some kind of shriveled up apple-faced person you started out so smooth but what happened is you aged what happened is now you're going back into the earth slowly into the earth you're melting I'm melting I'm dissipating I'm falling apart I'm blowing apart I'm like one of these sand dunes and once you take away the sea grapes nothing holds the sand dunes in place and I will go back to the sea from whence I came I don't mind going back from whence I came I enjoyed from whence I came you to go with me but only when you want to do it the sea doesn't ask when we're ready the sea just takes us it takes us from each other just remember we were never together in the first place this joy is real my joy is real my joy for you is real my happiness is real everything we feel we feel everything we think we might have felt everything we remember I'm not sure I'm not sure if any of it ever happened I know I say that all the time. I know I say time all the time. And that was me. I was just talking over it. That was not a clip. I was actually doing that just now.
oh, that was me. I made it sound like I'd came back in, but uh, I never left. That was, uh, I was just trying to talk to you, see if the music could open something up in me. Sometimes it opens up a little place in my, my brain. It acts as a key. And do you ever find like a storage space in your house and you unlock it and you go, oh, I never knew this was here. And you go through all this stuff and this other people's junk. And then you realize, you go, oh, crap, I'm renting. This is the owner's stuff. They said, don't go in that door. How did I get the key? Okay. I'm always fascinated by if you ever do like one of those Airbnb things, there's always like, the, you know, make yourself at home. Don't go in that closet. You think, God, I got to get in that closet. I know it's a, I know they said don't, but why did they say don't? I might not have even seen it. I might have just gone, oh, this one's locked. But when they said don't go in the closet and it's locked, I think they were giving me a message. So I'm going to, no, I'm not going to go in it. I'm just going to obsess about it the whole time. I'm going to put a chair up in front of it. I'm going to make myself a drink, and I'm going to stare at the locked closet the whole time because I'm like that. I'm obsessive. I wonder what's in there. Probably just cleaning stuff or guns. I don't know. Why would you have guns at the beach? I did see that. that I was in a house like that. I said, don't go in there. There's guns. I go, what do you need the guns at the beach for? What is there to shoot at the beach? I'm still thinking about that. Well, you know, there's sharks. You don't know. So, uh, and the, one, the other thing they've got there are deer flies. Now, if you could give me a gun small enough to hit a deer fly and a, an eyesight good enough, I'd, t- I'd totally do it. But I don't know what caliber. Very, very small. The caliber, almost like a grain of sand. It would have to be something that tiny. And how, how small the firearm to fire a grain of sand but they pack a wallop, these deer flies. They, they're not kidding around. They don't want you at the beach at a certain hour in, in North Florida. You'd go down there to St. George or something, say, oh, I got this beautiful house I've rented. I'm just gonna take a nice walk just on, in the woods here, right by the beach. And uh, as the sun's coming up, no, don't do it, don't do it. And you come back, a lot of people come back skeletons. They'll come back part skeletons. They're just like air piranha. And you go, oh, dear. You go, oh, boy, uh, I feel funny after my walk. And they go, don't look at your left arm. It's just bones. It's just bone and part of your face. So just go in there. I'll make some. uh, I will make you new skin out of kelp. I can do that. So uh, kombu skin. It's very slimy. I soak the kelp, and then I just put it on your existing skin, and then hopefully it'll just dry up and blend in. And then I use makeup. So it'll work. It'll work out. Don't worry if you've had your flesh stripped away by something, bugs or there's other animals that could do it, I guess, fish. Um, but I had a piranha fear when I was young because that's something people like to scare you with in movies. He goes, piranhas, where are they? Very far away. But as in Florida, that never felt like that. I go, I know someone's going to bring one here. That's the way it felt living in Florida. I go, no, you say these things are in the Amazon. But all that could do, I know all that would thrive in like here, you know? It's like the Amazon, Wakulla. What are the, what's the difference really? So I always, I always thought that, you know, we're just, we're so close to getting something. 
And always I thought also, I thought if there's one, what if there's a breeding pair of terror birds alive? I used to think that for a long time. Go one, you know, we haven't seen them because there's just one breeding pair and they've been real chill. But now, now they're fixing to do it <coughs> and we're doomed. So I, I, uh, those are fears that are, ba they're not baseless. They're just impractical. Uh, there's better fears, I think. Like your neighbors, fear of your neighbors, or they don't even have a name for it, do they? They say, oh, xenophobia, fear of other, but is there one for just your neighbors? Like, cause uh, there's, that's real. That's real and it isn't paranoid. I'm telling you, your threat, your threat, the real threat to you comes from them. Get them before they get you. No, not at all. I'm kidding. No, open your heart up and don't be that neighbor. Be a good one. Say, so I'm going to be the one, I'm going to be the neighbor that I, I want to be. I want everybody to be me. No, that's not it either. Oh, you'll figure something out. I think what I probably gave you is just sort of the little, the beginnings, the, just the little seeds that you can go out there and now have a real idea. So, um... Um, anyway, oh my gosh, uh, I wanted to play a couple more, um, things that I really enjoy, because I like doing that, I like sharing it with you, and I do that when you come over, I go, oh, just stay right there, I'm gonna get a comedy album, and they go, don't, please don't, but I like to do that. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. Well, I'm just so, uh, I'm so happy. Yay. I uh, want to share something with you. So, question. You can hear me? Oh, absolutely. All right, li listen to this. What? All right. Harmonica. All right, fantastic. How about that, right? Yeah, man. Well, hang on. Listen to this. What? Oh. More harmonic. Very nice. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I just uh, discovered their harmonica. It's oh. given me so much joy. Oh, yeah. I can yeah. hardly uh, contain myself. Oh. It makes me so happy. And, and, and... I thought, who can I uh, share this with? And uh, so I said to myself, question, who can I share 
my joy with and my new love of harmonic. Let me just play you one more thing, Lou. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Play it, Don. That's great. I'm so glad you found something that brings you joy. <laughs> Our next reader is Don Bourgeoisie, and he will be reading his poem, I Am a House. Let's give a warm welcome to Don. Ah, thank you. I am a house. I am a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath with an eat-in kitchen, which means that my internal life is almost entirely made for survival. Sleeping, eating, expelling. I have one room which I call a library. It's filled with books and art and ephemera. It's the place where the useless is stored, the home of ideas and memories and pleasures. I'm a house full of possessions, some of which are necessities. Others are fragments of past joys and lost loves. My basement floods, and someday it'll destroy the foundation. Someday I will no longer stand, but collapse. Because I was never built to last. I was built to be a temporary home, to a fleeting soul, a ghost, who kept every photograph of every friend or aunt, who stacked novels on travel guides on pages of poetry, who hung paintings from children and old ladies, sweet souls, the drawers of my grandparents' dresser, filled with good luck coins and war medals and precious stones, snatched from rivers by young hands, mine and my kin. I am a house on this street next to your house. And your house speaks, too. Your house has poems to read, too. Oh, and something brings you joy. How amazing that is. And it doesn't necessarily have to bring other people joy. And it certainly doesn't have to impress them. If I can make myself happy humming, uh, people don't have to buy uh, Hardy White's humming song on 45, uh, you know, or they don't have to go and... Um, have you seen the video of Hardy Humming? It's up to a million hits. Listen, there's something absolutely priceless about having joy in your heart or doing something that gives you a transcendent feeling. And it's not just joy, too. It might be you make, like to make yourself sad a little bit. You say a poem that makes you feel melancholy. There's all sorts of wonderful feelings that you can have, and you don't need them evaluated or judged. You don't have to... Well, you're such a good songwriter, you should let other people... Well, maybe I will, maybe I won't, you say. Well, maybe I don't, I, I want to share, and, but then again, I don't want to have to be, you know, dependent on it. I find that I, I only make good things periodically. I can't imagine if I had to do it all the time, somebody wanted to golden goose me. So imagine that, though. Let's say you had a goose that periodically laid a golden egg, but it was unpredictable, and you weren't sure if it was ever going to do it again. So it lays a bunch of normal eggs, lays a golden egg. You go, wow, this goose is capable of laying a golden egg. This may be the only one that's ever laid. 
one-hit wonder. Or maybe it lays all the time, or maybe it'll lay for a little while, or maybe it'll lay just another gold one right at the end of its life or something. Who knows? But I will tell you this. That goose ain't worth selling. Just hang on to it. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just the ordinary goose. Those wonderful golden eggs are miracles, and they're little moments of joy, and treasure them when they come. And you never know when you're going to get them. That's what makes them golden and special. And you know what? Here's the thing. Regular eggs are even more amazing. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, and online at WFMU.org. Thank you for listening, and I will see you again next week.
this thing here, y'all. Peace. Underground Radio, I want to remind y'all to keep that peace in the hood. I'm going to go to the phone line in a minute. Right about now, we off the chain up in this thing here, y'all. Peace. Underground Radio, I want to remind y'all to keep that peace in the hood. I'm going to go to the phone line in a minute. Know what I'm saying? We are, if you just tuned in, we taking callers on. How do you feel about Underground Radio in Miami and what's happening? Peace. Caller, you on the radio. What's up? Hey, you know what I mean? Hey, you got me? This black from Overtown. You on the radio, Black. What's up? Yes, and uh. Hey, the radio is underground in Miami, yo. We love what you guys are doing to keep the kids in the house. You know, the clean rap music. And you guys just keep up the good work, man, because you guys are doing an excellent job. And you have my, you have my support 100% this overtime. And we in the house. That's right, y'all listen to Miami Zone, number one underground radio station. With your shooter, DJ Uncle Al, live on the mic. And y'all check it out today. I got the one and only sugar here, DJs, who are off the Sensitivity 
beat.